Well, we're getting near the end of the year, not only in the sense that it's November, and then December, and then the new year, but the liturgical year is certainly waning. We've got this week, and then Christ uh, the King next Sunday, and then we'll begin the new liturgical year with Advent. And as we get towards the end of the year, the readings are certainly a bit ominous, a bit apocalyptic, and it's not only the Sunday readings. Like during the day, the daily readings that the church gives us, you know, kind of point to the fact of that reminder that the world's going to end. And we're blessed to have the school kids able to go to Mass during the week. So you're reading these readings and they're talking about how the world's going to come to the end. I got these six second graders sitting right in front of me over at the Crane Road Church. And I'm like, yeah, so just so you know, the world's going to end. Uh, you shouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, it'll be fine. Just talk to your parents. But the world is going to end, right? So good luck sleeping tonight. <laughs> that being said, some interesting aspects of the gospel. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. It's like, all right, well, the Lord was speaking somewhere between 30 and 33 AD, give or take a few months, and, well, spoiler alert, there's been a few generations that have passed since he said this. So he's like, what is he talking about? That not a generation will pass before these things will happen. And there are certainly aspects of this that are speaking about the end of the world, but there's also a couple key lines in here that if you were a Jew at the time hearing this, you would have known that he was speaking about the temple. Oftentimes, the Lord talks about the destruction of the temple and there's this big uproar, right? Because they had been building it for a long time. And it was, in fact, destroyed in the year 70 AD. And that was a great persecution for the Jews when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem. It's been destroyed like two or three times since our Lord was there and walked in those, in those places. But since then, there's always been those voices. The world's going to end. Prepare the Lord's coming back. You know, crazy hair and cardboard signs. The world's ending. And uh, I think... I mean, we've been in the whole COVID where it seems like everything's coming to end in the last 18 months, but the last big one, I think, was the Mayan calendar. Like, oh my gosh, they didn't come up with any more years, so the world's going to end. But I remember being nine years old, and we came across 2000, the Y2K, the computers didn't know what to do when they went from 1999 to 2000, and everything was going to shut down. And I remember my grandparents, like, buying, I think we still have like five gallon buckets of grain in the basement somewhere. Because the plan was we were going to go to their house and learn how to make bread. And that was going to be how we survived. I don't know. Obviously nothing happened. And that's what it gets to is if someone says they know when the world's going to end, we know one thing they don't know is when the world is going to end. We don't know. We don't know. It could be later this morning, tomorrow, next month, or in 40,000 years. It's not for us to know. But what will happen is each of us will meet our end. We don't need the world to end for that to happen. 
It's a pretty safe bet that for most of us, if you had seven years from today, most of us are not going to be here. And the fact is, life goes very, very quickly. And the church is reminding us in this time, where are you with this? Is that something that gives you pause? Because if it is, okay. We don't live in that perpetual state of, oh my gosh. It can be very easy to think about there's this abstract end coming sometime and we're just afraid. Just being afraid doesn't do anything. It's an emotion. You should take account of it and then react to it. So what about it is making us afraid? What about it is keeping us from growing closer to the person, the son and daughter that God is calling us to be? We had Father Browning over for dinner last night, and the guy just needs friends, I think. He talks forever when he's over for dinner, and it's like, dude, I just... <laughs> Silence is golden. He's like, I don't have anybody to talk to. Like, you have an associate now. Go bug him. And come over here and bug us for hours on end. But he was talking about how Catholics right now, it's like, they're kind of country club members. Sometimes they're at the club, sometimes they're not. It's not really a big aspect I like to say of a country club member. I like to say I'm a member of the Catholic Church. Sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. It doesn't really make a huge impact on their life. Because the question is, like, why are we here right now? Why are we at this church? And if it's not a response to the way that the Lord has worked in your life, then you and God need to have a little conversation and ask him, do I realize where you're working in my life? Or has this just become sort of a habit, a family or societal pressure? You're a good person if you go to church. Yeah, that's true, but you're missing a lot. Oftentimes, there's the lie of the evil one out there that says like, oh, if you didn't have this whole God thing in your life, you'd be a lot happier. Life would be a much more fun. And people believe that. And they either go off and they experience that unhappiness for themselves or they just remain in the status quo consistently thinking grass is probably greener on the other side. That's a lie. The Lord is saying I want you to love me. You've got this whole life to either say yes or to choose something else. You can't force us. Free will is, is such a dangerous gift. He gave us the choice. Question is, do we respond? Or are we fine choosing something else? Allowing something else to be the Lord of our life? And this is the time for us to think about these things. This is the time for us to put our house in order. If there's forgiveness that we need to give, Give it. If there's someone that you need to apologize to, apologize to them. If there's something that's weighing down your heart, bring it to the confessional and give it to God. He's not mad at you. No one's going to yell at you. We should be sick of not being free from those things that weigh us down. Because once we're free, we can then truly live. And whether the Lord takes us now or in 70 years, so be it.
life is good. That beautiful line that St. Francis gave us when they said, if you knew the Lord was coming back tomorrow, what would you do? I'd go tend to my garden. That's someone whose house is in order. That's someone who's at peace with themselves. So brothers and sisters, as we get towards the end of this year, we thank the Lord for all the ways that he's working in our hearts, all the way that he's working in our lives. If there's any way that we don't understand how the Lord is active in our life, we show, ask the Holy Spirit, our guardian angels, give them permission to show us that so that we can choose him and love him. He's waiting for us, but you have to choose to say yes to Christ.